just wanted for us to um, reflect together on a passage of scripture and as we celebrate uh, with Becca and as we actually see what God has for us as well. Um, the story is based on a group of people in the New Testament who have followed Jesus all their life, and these are the disciples. And Jesus is towards the, the end of his ministry here on earth. And um, the passage that we're going to be looking at is John chapter 12, which it's a very popular passage because it's the triumphant entry in Jerusalem where people, it's the Palm Sunday actually, when people have taken off their coats and they've put them on the road, they've taken palm branches and they've sent Hosanna to the son of, of David and they've invited and they've welcomed Jesus and so forth. And then John takes, takes us to, to, to the next level of what it means Use the other mic because so um, we're going to read five verses from the scriptures, and I, I just want to dwell a little bit on them this morning. So, as as people have said, Hosanna! Now the story of Jesus with the disciples moves on. Um, John chapter 12, verse 20 um, till 26. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethesda in Galilee, with a request. Bethsaida, sorry. Sir, they said, We would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. And Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, that unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his love, life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will always also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. May God's name be blessed by the public reading of his word. So we've got this group of people who have just said, Hosanna to the son of David. And we've, we, we, we see that Jesus now has, has moved on in his ministry. He's going towards being crucified. And probably, if you look at different commentators, they say probably this was the Tuesday or maybe the Wednesday of the week. And if you see the verse, the last verse, um, the verse 19... There is a big concern here that, 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 that is causing the Pharisees something which were the, the, the teachers of the law. They, all of a sudden, Jesus has had this cohort of people following him. And the Pharisees' statement is, that the, look at verse 19, it says that the whole world is going after Jesus. 
And the word that is used there is cosmos. So everybody is following this, this guy. They've just said that they want to, to honor him as king. And then John says, the world and then some Greeks who had come to worship at the temple. They wanted to see Jesus. The new, the, the, the one version of the Bible says that they wish to see Jesus. So they approach one of the disciples. They were the Greeks, so they, they'll probably they'll touch base with a person that they think probably they've got the best chances to meet with Jesus. They, they'll approach the disciple that's got a Greek name, Philip. Two months ago, I went to watch um, Bristol Bears. And um, I went to watch them with uh, two Kiwi friends that were visiting us. And um, fortunately, Bristol Bears won that match. So the next thing to do was, what are the chances of going and meeting with a coach? Now, Pat Lamb, for those of you who are not Bristolians, is a uh, is a Kiwi coach that Bristol has had for the last two years and has been very successful in leading the team and stuff. So these two guys from New Zealand wanted to see him. So I thought, I'll go and ask the stewards. So, and I, I approached the steward. I said, what are the chances of two Kiwis to meet with Pat Lamb? He said to me, oh, very, very small, he said, but bear, it, bear with me. So he went and asked on the radio, and he said, if you make your way closer to where the, 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 the team stays, he's having a, a TV interview. Perhaps after he finishes the interview, you might see him. So we made our way closer, and fortunately, uh, Patlam had won the game that day. He was in a good mood. He came and greeted us, and we even took a picture with Pat Lamb, but, but it's, it's, it's who you ask and how you ask. So if, if I would have said somebody from Albania is going to come because he wants to see a New Zealand, I think the response of, of Pat Lamb would be, so what, you know? But to have two New Zealand guys who want to come and see him and meet with him, it's a different thing. So, so this, these Greeks were not fools. They, they approach Jesus in the right way. And Philip does not know what to do with himself. So he goes and says, can I double check with Andrew? And they both go to Jesus. But they wish to see Jesus. What is fascinating about this passage and this story is that John, or the writer, doesn't tell us what Jesus tells these guys. But he tells us what he tells the disciples. And it tells the disciples about what he is going to go through in the next five days. And if they wanted, and I think the bottom line of this conversation is that if they wanted to see Jesus, the way that Jesus is going to reveal themselves, himself to them is not what they expect. I sat with somebody on the plane on Tuesday coming back to the UK who loved the idea that Jesus is a good teacher. 
He had no problem with Jesus' teachings. And actually, they were good moral teachings. But he could not understand why Jesus should have gone to the cross and died. And he couldn't understand why he had to go to the grave. And he couldn't understand that how can somebody who claims to be the Son of God need to go through that and then claim resurrection. This was absurd. And I came across a phrase this week that said that a lot of people like Jesus to be their guru. But when it comes to being their king, it's a different story. So what Jesus is trying to tell these guys in this story is that actually he takes, he takes a, 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 a daily life story. He takes a story of a grain of wheat and he says that unless that grain of wheat goes on the ground, is buried, is not going to give any more fruit. It's going to remain a wheat. Unless it dies in itself, it's not going to produce any more. Unless it goes and gets buried in the ground, it's not going to carry on multiplication. So Jesus is very clever in the way that he deals with these guys. And it makes him think that actually, not only what he has to go through, it's very important for their life. But a bit like what Rebecca has done today. Our imitation of that life, that we die to ourselves and we say... Actually, we want Jesus more than just a guru. We want him to be our king. I want him to be the king of my life. And therefore, today, Rebecca says, I choose to follow him. Now, the the idea of this death is very, very strong here. And the language is, is very strong. But Jesus wants to, to, to convey a message, an important message, with a strong language. And again, he's talking to the Greeks who have tried to solve life problems by, by following their own ideologies, their own philosophies. The Greek language itself is a very strong, potent language that has been uh, so influential in the whole rem- empire. And Jesus says that following him is not what they expect. It's totally upside down. But it's new life. It's going to be hard to follow Jesus, Rebecca. Welcome to the next level. It doesn't finish here. And I think as Christian communities, this is where we fail because we come to this place and think, oh, we've done the baptism. Here you go. Whereas Jesus' call is welcome to the next level. To follow me. It's going to be hard. But it's going to be fruitful. It's going to be difficult. But the promise that we've got here is that Jesus' presence is going to be with you. And above all, the most important thing of that passage is that Father God is going to honor you. From today onwards as you follow him. And that makes this relationship very special. That makes this dying to yourself. Dying to your own worldly things. 
And embracing Jesus makes it worthwhile. Even though everything that is thrown at us is, don't do it. It's not worth it. Whereas Jesus is telling the disciples and the Greeks and the wise people and those that expected Jesus to be different. That actually to embrace a death to yourself and embrace the new life of Jesus is the new norm. And that's why the kingdom of God is upside down. So today we've witnessed somebody who's saying, actually, I want to be like that grain. I want to go and die to myself and be resurrected and embrace the new life. Maybe you have done this many years ago. So this is, this is a very re- good reminder of the promises and the things that you have made to God. When you said, yes, I want to live that new life. And perhaps you're here today, you're thinking, what is this on about? And that is fine. I'm just inviting you to consider the new life that Jesus offers. And it's not something that this world offers. It's not something that you can find elsewhere. And that's why we're a bit like Peter. We have nowhere else to go. We've tried other stuff. It's not worth it. I'm not saying that this is all flowery. Because following Christ and living for God is tough. But it's worth it. And I think, Rebecca, not only I think, but I believe with all my heart that you have done the right thing. This is the most important decision that you have done in your life. To stand in front of everybody and saying that my life is not anymore mine, but I'm going to live it for Jesus. And remember, you've got the Holy Spirit that we prayed to be filling you that is going to help you. Never try to resolve it on your own strength. Just rely on the Spirit of God. In the toughness, in the beauty, in the triumphs, in the joys, in the tears, in the brokenness. But you know that God is with you. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. These are not my promises because I won't keep them. These are the promises of God Almighty over your life and anyone's life who has made their allegiance with Christ. So... Where do you stand with that question today? If you were to say to the disciples, we wish to see Jesus, what are you going to do with that? I've prayed that together today we have a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. And if it's obscured and if it's entangled and if it's distorted by other things... I just pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal you Jesus afresh today. Wherever you are in your journeys of life, really, and faith. But if you've got questions, please do come and talk to me. Talk to to somebody who comes here to Cairns. And we would very happily show you what we have seen in Jesus ourselves. This is what we're trying to live out here as a community. We want to, to reproduce. We want to, to, to share. We want to be Jesus to the community. And, and I hope that if you're visiting, you get a glimpse of that today. But that's not enough.
Because we will let you down. I want for you guys, I want for myself actually, a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. Let's pray together. Thank you that you welcome us, Lord, to the next level. And wherever we are, Lord, in our journeys of faith or not faith, I pray that through the power of your Spirit today, you reveal the Lord Jesus to us. And that our stories do not remain like the stories that we, it's just represented on those three or four words in that sentence that we wish to see Jesus. But our stories are bigger than that, that we have met with Jesus today. Thank you for Rebecca. Thank you for her witness. Thank you for that response that she has to your love and she wants to love you back. And I pray, Lord, that you reveal Jesus afresh to her today. Thank you, Lord, for your presence amongst us. And we pray, Lord, that as we carry on with life, as we carry on with, with things that come our way, that none of them will distract us to see who you are for real. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for that love that was expressed so clearly by dying on the cross. For me, for the world, for Rebecca. And we respond to that love and we say, Lord, thank you. And we love you too. And we want to live out for you. I'm just aware that perhaps there are some people present here today that have been challenged about this and perhaps your expectations of Jesus were higher than what you've got and the invitation is there again that perhaps not to rely on your expectations but let Jesus be and reveal himself like he wants to you Don't leave this place without reconciling with that truth. Please. Thank you, Lord, that your word says that you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We trust you. We love you. And we want to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen.